Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Stands, a college football podcast. I'm your host, Cole Miller, and joining me today, as he does every single week, is Keith Evans. Keith, it is week five. How are you doing, man? Jacked up, honestly. This has been the weirdest. Every every week is going to be weird. I, I knew I know a couple of pods back. I said every game is going to feel like a bowl game, and it does feel just like that. I think there are a couple Definitely. of teams who have separated themselves as far as okay, these teams are going to be elite or really good or whatever, and everybody else is just going to be a wild card. And that's how it feels right now. So I know there's some teams still getting getting the, used to everything and getting the hang of how the season is going to play out and, and all that. But overall, it is just really odd. It is, man. And that's kind of the, um, I would say, fun part of it so far has been that you don't really know if the team that is the best team is going to win or not. We have seen so much randomness and we're going to recap next week. So I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there has just been so much, um, you know, kind of obscurity to this football season. And it's, it's been a lot of fun though. Yeah. been a ton of fun. Honestly, there's been already been some pretty major upsets. I don't want to get too far ahead of us ourselves right now, but some pretty major upsets with these games and, and some just fun games nonetheless with teams that we, Teams are games we didn't expect to play out a certain way, and they have. So we'll we'll get into all that. But yeah, it's it's been weird to say the least. This is a season I don't bet on sports, anyways. But this is definitely not the season to bet on any sport, especially college football. Oh man, yeah, it's been a weird one. Uh, just kind of keeping track of how things have been going in 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 that industry. You know, it, it, it's just a weird one. There's not a ton of consistency game to game or even week to week uh so it, it's it's a weird one Keith's right maybe hold off another week or two if you if you can but Keith um good news is there's really not that much news to talk about I haven't really there wasn't a lot of headlines this week or at least so far this week that uh were totally mind-blowing um which with all that's going on that that's actually uh, that feels like a win yeah, it, it does. I know at the, at the pro level, there have been some hiccups. Of course, with my team, I, I've been watching that situation closely with the Titans. But on the college level, it, it seems that I, I don't, I don't. Really As of now, yeah. yeah, it just seems, it just seems all right. But that's that's just how COVID has gone over the past gosh six eight months now. I've actually lost track of how long we've been in this darn thing. But that's just kind of how it goes. I think personally, and in, in everybody's lives, it's just how one week you have a good week, the next week you'll you'll have to do whatever and of course in my line of work I'm having to manage certain people that's just how it feels one week I'm good the next week I'm having to have take three people off the schedule just for just for testing and make sure that everybody's being safe and all this other stuff so I think that's on, on the larger scale especially at the college level trying to keep these these guys separated and, and making sure that they're all staying safe has got to be just the biggest headache of all for the but the coach and the coaching staff, I, I wouldn't want to be in that position. Of course, administration and everybody else are trying to keep the student body healthy and well to get to whatever point in the semester they're trying to do. But this has been, I know I've said weird a lot, but it is just really odd. Yeah, absolutely, Keith. All right, so now let's talk about football from the past weekend. It was a wild, it was a crazy, it was an unpredictable weekend of football. Um, first, I want to, you know, recap a few games. The one that jumps off the page to me um, is Kansas State knocking off number three Oklahoma in the early game, 38-35, final score on that one. 
Um, I know both us on the podcast, we picked, you know, Oklahoma. And I think that I said they were going to annihilate Kansas state might've been the wording, (laughs) might've been the wording I used in that one. And I could not have been more wrong. Kansas state looked extremely good. Um, you know, really put pressure on Spencer Rattler, who was still pretty sensational, uh, outside of a couple pretty bad passes. I think what, what he end up throwing two interceptions, maybe. He had three. He threw for three eighty-seven through three, three interceptions. Had eleven incompletions, and just like you said, he looked, he looked sharp. He looked really good in the good moments, and then he looked really bad in the bad moments. Yeah, that that's, seems a little unlucky um, with only eleven incomplete passes, three of them being interceptions. But he does, he does overtrust his arm sometimes, which is something that hopefully they can get under control but man that's a massive massive loss for Oklahoma because over these past few seasons they seem to do that uh, where they'll lose at least one game they'll make their way into the playoff or whatever we we see this what feels like four or five years in a row but I can't imagine a world where losing to Kansas State this early on can translate into them actually being able to do anything outside of maybe win the Big 12. Right, and we're talking about a Kansas State team coming off a loss at home to Arkansas State, right? And so right. This is that's why we were talking about them going going on the road, trying to bounce back from a loss like that, and then going into Norman and it, hostile environment or not. I mean, you like you have a watered down crowd, but it's still on the road against a very talented Oklahoma team. But it looked like it looked exactly like the Oklahoma that we've seen in the past. I just think they just didn't quite have enough offense to overcome the defense defensive deficiencies right I mean we've seen of course they've had they have back-to-back highs and winners they had all the talent in the world all over the field and so the defense could give up 30 40 50 points because the offense was scoring 60 points a game or whatever it was I know it wasn't quite that much but they were putting up a lot of points and they could make up for the lack of defense that they were playing or weren't playing so this this is going to be a big time test for them to see how they bounce back, and they have a, a tough game coming up. I know we'll cover that, but they're going to Iowa State, and that's a team that we both have, and of course beat them last year. And that's a difficult place to play in. So I, I'd be really concerned right now if I was a Sooner Sooner fan. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the defending national champions, number six LSU, getting knocked off by Mississippi State. 44-34 was the final score on that one. And K.J. Costello threw 8 million yards. I, I don't really have much to say outside of that Mike Leach offense was devastating to LSU. They didn't seem to be able to draw up any sort of plan. Um, it did, from what I saw in that game, it told me more about LSU than it did Mississippi State. Um, I just think that you know they were ranked a little too high, which they should have been, but – with the amount of turnover that they had, there was no way in my mind that they would be as good. And Mississippi State took full advantage of that. On the Bulldog side of things, I'm, you know, I would be very concerned about the offense being so efficient that it's causing their defense to be atrocious. Mississippi State, over, you know, the past four or five seasons, tends to field a pretty good defense and letting, you know, 34 points is not a way to win in the SEC, uh, but we are seeing a brand-new SEC, that's for sure. There's no doubt, especially in Starkville, that's a, that's a team, a program, and fans who are used to seeing run run heavy offense with some passes 
not sprinkled in there, but more of a balanced offense. That's more of a Pac-12 West Coast offense that we saw and a team that looked really good. That's, that's the kind of game that you expect from a transfer quarterback who played in a system like that. And I think that's kind of what a lot of teams expect out of when you have a, a quarterback transfer in, especially a fifth-year senior type guy who has played, played a lot of football and still has some eligibility left to come in. And you're losing a big-time quarterback, and so you don't want to put in a freshman or something like true freshman or even a red shirt, somebody who doesn't have that much experience, somebody who can plug in and get some get some good reps in and keep the offense clicking. And that's what they got. I mean, Mike Leach was extremely comfortable calling the place with Costello. And, of course, we know he is extremely off the reservation when it comes to his offensive game planning. It really it, – it is very tough because it seems like he's almost just – calling it by the seat of the flying by the seat of his pants when it comes to a lot of his games and so that was an offense that was really atypical of what we've seen out of a typical Mississippi State offense so see if they can keep that up but I think the, the biggest thing with the defense of course well Brendan did start to settle in for LSU and start playing better just too little too late I mean it's just State had just racked up too many points but it was I think the defense was just gassed honestly I think they are used to more of a balanced attack and so you have eight, 10, 12 play drive. Well, whenever they're scoring in three, four, five plays after defense have been on the field for a little while, I don't think they had enough time to kind of get their legs back under them. So I think finding that balance as well is really important offensively. Why you do want to, of course, score points, that's the name of the game. Defense wins the games as well. And, and if they're too tired to defend the goal line, then you're going to have an issue and you're going to have to score that many more points. I don't think you ever do that every single game, Something, especially playing a a 10-game conference schedule, you're just not going to be able to depend, say, okay, we're going to score this many points every week and give up this many points every week and still be successful. Right. right. I, yeah, I think that that is just a tall order um, for a team that, you know, is surging by all, you know, by all accounts. They're number 16 in the country now. They've, you know, uh, the offense looks fantastic in that game, and that's a lot to be hopeful for with if you're a bulldog but I would be very very worried about that defense all right Keith one more game I want to talk about number eight Texas barely survives overtime battle with Texas Tech final score in that one was 63 to 56 um I mean it was just one of those games that reminds you of what the big 12 football is like no defense a lot of just big fun plays I mean it was an enjoyable game um you know I I'd be really concerned if I were a Longhorn fan and being here in Austin, I obviously know quite a few people and I see these games and I would be really, really, really concerned if I were to be on the coaching staff, figuring out how we're going to survive a full season. Good news is it doesn't seem that, you know, Oklahoma is as good as we thought they were. Now I'm not going to count the one loss against them too much, but could Texas rebound get something together defensively yes and I think that they have a really good chance of being in the mix of the Big 12 uh, maybe even win it yeah this is I, I'm again kind of over not this this is the Texas is back scenario but they really had to climb back into this game they're just not gonna be able to do that every single week now I know defense isn't a strong suit in this in this conference but you just you're just relying on a lot. You're giving up that many points to a team. I mean, fifty six points is a lot. You you, get, you lot. score fifty six points. You expect to win just about every game defensively. I know Texas Tech isn't 
a juggernaut, but you, you feel pretty comfortable when you're up in the fourth quarter, you're up 56 to 41, and then you don't score another point and lose that game in overtime. They end up losing 63-56. So a lot of concern, of course, on the Texas Tech side as well, but I think even more so with the Texas program, like you said, like you alluded to, that expected to really compete. And yes, they won this game and, and they should have a lot of confidence going forward, but you really got to look at the defensive side of the ball. It's like, man, we need to tighten the screws down. We gave up a lot of yards through the air. And I know that's Texas Tech's MO, but at the same time, if you have the kind of defense that you expect to have, that kind of offense shouldn't be a problem. You should expect to get more QB pressure, be able to knock down some passes, not let these guys get behind you. But Bowman looked, he looked incredible in that, in that offense. And so I think that while they offensively, they can be excited, of course, defensively, you talk about Texas Tech, you have a lot of concerns. But I think same thing for Texas. Offensively, you did score 63, but you had to really scramble to come back and win that game. So if you expect to compete, of course, that's beating the Oklahomas. I mean, that's, that's, your, that's your main goal in this conference. And while, I mean, we just talked about Oklahoma losing that game to K-State, they're not going to perform like that every week. So you, you've got to be better than 63 to 56 against a team like Texas Tech. So a lot, a lot of work to do for both teams. I think more work to do for Texas. All right, and a few other thoughts from uh, week four. Keith, I just want to throw a little love to the BYU Cougars offense. The offensive line has been fantastic. I'm super impressed with Zach Wilson, what he's been able to do throwing the ball, making very good decisions. So uh, they all in all, that offense has been pretty incredible. And I just wanted to, you know, give them a little bit of a shout out. Do you have any thoughts from the week? It, Florida looked good. <laughs> Florida yeah. looked really good. Yeah. So did Ole Miss too. I know we're getting to getting to those teams, but I think not not a moral victory guy, but I think Ole Miss has a lot to be excited about offensively, defensively. They need to to tighten some things up, but they're not going to face a Florida offense either. I mean, that Florida tight end, that kid, he, it looked like you had just Jesus, four you, touchdowns. You had, yeah, it was like who was this guy? Was Randy Moss on the field? Like what's going on right now? But he was he was incredible. But offensively, they moved the ball. Corral looked really good, really really polished. So. I think that they have a heck of a lot to build on going to Lexington this weekend. I think that they'll be able to get some confidence back and they'll look good for the remainder of the season. All right. Well, since you're talking about it, let's go ahead and jump into the pick show and let's start with Ole Miss at Kentucky. I think um, that should be a fun game, Keith. I want you to convince me to not pick Kentucky in this game. I am having a very difficult time taking Ole Miss, even though they looked really, really good, um, the little that they played. I think it's a defense problem for me, just being able to get, you know, just housed by Florida, which, again, they have a very impressive offense. Um, I like this Kentucky team in this game. I know they lost to Auburn, but they actually played them a pretty good game. The defense looked really pretty, well. The defense looks really good. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm not sure about this offense. That's the kind of concern. But Ole Miss is kind of the cure for the common offense. So um, I'm going to take Kentucky in this one. Like, I'm leaning wow. that way. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good game. But, you know, it is at Kentucky. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the Wildcats in this one. But I do think that it will be a very good game. And I could see Ole Miss win. I'm going to have to go with the Rebels in this one. I just don't trust the consistency of the quarterback play from Kentucky. And that's my biggest 
X factor or why, as in why am I picking Ole Miss, is because the, Terry Wilson just doesn't give me enough confidence. And while they did, yes, they, they hung in with Auburn in that game, I think that's more telling of Auburn than it is of Kentucky. I think that we are – I think that we, we need to start backing off Auburn as being a good team. I, I think that, you know, we of course, talking about Bo Nix and we're talking about him early in the season and how is he going to progress. And, yes, there's a, nine more games to play. He could definitely turn around and be a lot more successful. But I just expected for – I won't say a hapless Kentucky offense, but just an offense that you just don't expect. Like, if they're not going to be that productive then on the offensive side of the ball as far as Auburn is concerned, you should be able to – capitalize on what wasn't happening on the Kentucky side of the ball. So I think that Ole Miss is going to go in offensively and be able to score a lot of points. I know that Kentucky defense is good, but they just face a really good Florida defense too. And I think that, I think at this point I would take Corral over Bo Nix. The way Matt looked in that first game, you could tell he put in a lot of work in the off season. He looked really good in full command of that offense while Ole Miss needs to, Spread the wealth a little bit more offensively. I mean, if you key in on Ely and Elijah Moore, that's the offense right there. But there's some playmakers. You got Drummond. You got DeMarc. You got a lot of guys who can who can move the ball with it in their hands. I think Ole Miss spreads the wealth. They're going to cause a lot of trouble for a lot of teams. So offensively, they could focus their scheme on not so much drawing up the play, getting the ball to this person, but getting to the open person more. I think Ole Miss would be – more effective offensively and, and harder to stop whenever you have a scheme that's just like, okay, let's just run these combo routes and whatever decision the safety makes, you go to the other guy and then boom, you've got a first down, a big chunk of yardage or whatever, and then you go into that hurry up and that really keeps teams on their heels, then you'll be fine. But I'm going to go with Ole Miss. This is a good bounce back game for them. I think while in the first half, Kentucky will play them tight just because their defense is good enough to do that. I think that they're just not going to be able to have enough offensively to hang with Ole Miss. So give me Ole Miss, went in by 10, 13, something like that, but I'm going oh, wow. to the Rebels. Okay, all right. Uh, that's a, that's a you know, on the road, 10, 13 points. I, that, that's pretty hey, last confident. Last time he went there, it was a close game. You know, had a, he had a DK game-winning touchdown in the end zone in, in the final second of the game, a really exciting football game. It won't be quite like that, but I expect Ole Miss to just kind of pull away in the second half just because Kentucky doesn't have enough offensively to put enough pressure on Ole Miss. All right, let's head back to my neck of the woods, Key TCU at number nine, Texas. Texas is favored by 13 points. Uh, and I think that's fair. I, I like Texas in this game to kind of make a bit of a statement. I don't think that – and we both liked TCU last week, and, you know, they weren't able to pull out a victory. They're 0-1, but it was because the offense was, like, just a total uh, – just a disaster more or less uh, the defense played pretty good uh, but all in all I think that Texas will make pretty easy work of them so give me give me the Longhorns yeah I'm going to take Texas as well I think that they're going to be more hopefully more focused defensively slow down a TCU team who did like you said play really well last week against Iowa State a team that both of us like last year and we continue to have some confidence in them while they're not going to just win a ton of games this is also a team that we're just like hey you know don't don't overlook these guys. They they play really well defensively, but I'm gonna go with Texas as well. I'm gonna call this a bounce back game for them for the defense, just for them to to make a stand and make a statement and show people that hey, we're not we're not as easy to score on as you think. All right, let's head to the SEC. Keith, number thirteen, Texas A&M at number two, Alabama. Kind of a sneaky fun game here. Alabama favored by seventeen. Uh, go ahead and kick us off. 
I'm going to take Alabama. It's just hard for me to go against them at this point in life. I, I just, I think it's wishful thinking for me to say, okay, yeah, this is, this is a, a trap game or, you know, yeah, A&M has played them tough. Of course, you know, with Manziel there, A&M did go to Tuscaloosa and win, but that has been several years removed now since A&M has gone in and beaten them. So I'm going to go with Alabama to win this game. I won't say convincingly, but we know, I'm, again, I'm not betting against Alabama ever in life. So I'm going to go with, in Tuscaloosa, definitely going to go with with Crimson Tide in this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Tide too. I think that this offense looked pretty good. I, You know, I, I liked how Mac settled in, played a good game. Um, I have my concerns about what the Alabama defense is going to look like uh, through the entire season. So mm-hmm. will Texas A&M be able to like kind of hang in there a little bit? Maybe. Um, who also has kind of a questionable defense. Um, I, and when I say questionable defense for Alabama, I, I mean, as opposed to being one of the best in the country, uh, they are not that uh, at that level. So yeah, I'm going to take Alabama in this one, but, um, you know, I do think that Texas A&M could move the ball decently well. And right. 17 points is a lot. Uh, if you were to take Texas A&M in the points, that that would probably be a fun one. Uh, because, again, you know, we're not really sure what this Bama defense is going to look like. But uh, yeah, yeah, they'll be tested more for sure this week. Coming off a, a game on the road against Missouri, that's not exactly a good test for that defense as far as Alabama goes to see – what they're made of. So this, this, an offense like this with A&M, I think would be a really good test to see, okay, how good is this defense really? All right. Number 25, Memphis at SMU. Memphis is favored by three. Uh, Man, I had the hardest time not picking SMU in this game. I, obviously I like Memphis. Um, I picked them to win. I think they are a good team. I, you know, the offense is pretty good, but some about this SMU team you know, they've got three impressive wins at this point, and I'd say relatively impressive wins, but three wins nonetheless. The offense has been clicking. You know, one of those that not to be in a power five is a really, really good offense, and dare I even say maybe the best outside of Memphis and UCF. Um, They are just good. Defense is a problem. So I'm going to take Memphis in this game, uh, but I think SMU is a tough squad, and I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah, I, I was struggling with this one too, just looking at the numbers. You, there's a lot that you can argue from both sides, and while SMU is 3-0, you know, they haven't just played the top of the food chain as far as wins go, but they, I mean, as far as teams go, but they've scored a ton of points against these guys, and so you really want to lean towards that. And, and defensively, they, they haven't given up a ton. While they don't look just, just really polished, they, they haven't given up a ton. So that's why I was like, man, this, this SMU team really could beat Memphis, honestly. I mean, they have the offense yeah. to do it. This is Shane Bouchelle, you know, a guy who was at Texas, a gamer, a guy we really liked at Texas. And, and, and I honestly felt like he could have been there and stayed there his whole career. But, you know, that's, that's just neither here nor there. But offensively, they're really balanced. 294th of the year, 267 on the ground. Again, not playing the best team, but – I'm going to have to go with SMU in this one, honestly. I think that this game, I think there's going to be enough back and forth or maybe a turnover late that's going to, that's going to swing momentum, and I think SMU is going to be able to capitalize on that. So I'm going to go with the Mustangs in a really tight game. I think that three, honestly, is I know it's swinging towards Memphis, but I think that three is extremely accurate with a game like this. Yeah, close one for sure. Um, yeah, 
it, that one I could go either way on. Uh, if either either team wins, I won't be surprised at all. Number 17, Oklahoma State at Kansas. Oklahoma State is a 21-point favorite. Uh, that sounds right. I think that this Oklahoma State defense has been surprisingly good. Um, we know what they're able to do offensively, and Kansas is just a bit of a shit show. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Probably one of the worst teams in football, I would say. Uh, yeah. So give me, give me Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma State. All the offense they have, I think that this is going to be a case where you have Tuba Hubbard just go completely nuts in this game. I mean, it's, he's a guy, of course, a Heisman watch type guy. All the talent in the world, averaging one seventy two on the ground right now in their first couple of games. I think that he's just going to continue to do that, and this game will be over really early. So give me Oklahoma State as well. Number twelve, North Carolina at Boston College. UNC is favored by 14 points. Uh, go ahead and kick us off on this one, Keith. Boston College is good. Uh, I mean, this, this is a team that has surprised me. I, I didn't, you know, that Duke win was really like, oh, okay, like this, this team can play. I, I, I don't know. And, and I think that – I don't know if I was giving too, much, giving too much credit to Duke, but I don't think I was. I think this is a team that I had a lot of confidence in. And while they, they did lose a close game to Texas State, I think it was a case we were just overlooking our opponent, maybe looking towards this North Carolina game. But defensively, I, I do kind of like BC a little bit more than I do North Carolina. When North Carolina's only played the one game and, and they only gave up six to Syracuse, that's not really saying a ton. So I'm going to go with BC. I think they're going to kind of grind this game slow, keep the win the time of possession. I know this is kind of a crazy pick. I feel like UNC yeah. just should be the, the runway pick. But I'm going to go with Boston College in this one, honestly. I think that they – they could win this game for sure. So the – I – yeah, so I'm I'm going with North Carolina in this one, but I can kind of see where your logic is coming from. Boston College kind of has a weird, almost like scrappy uh, mentality. Like they aren't necessarily beating the doors off of people, but they're, they're playing a very hard style to play against. And I know they've lost a game, you know – and they're not like top-notch talent or anything, but I could see them being one of those teams at home, just kind of getting that surprise attack on North Carolina. But I'm going to take UNC in this one. I think that they're just a better team. There's more talent. They're better coached. They have a lot to lose. So I don't think that they're going to be overlooking Boston College. So I'm going to take North Carolina, but I, I do I, – I like the pick. I think that uh, that's a pretty brave one. All right, Navy at Air Force. Navy is favored by six and a half points. Um, you know, this is actually an interesting game. I, you know, Air Force hasn't hasn't played a game yet, or maybe just one game. Um, but I like Navy in this one. I think that what I've seen from Navy so far makes me lean towards them. They've kind of perfected this model uh, as much as you can perfect it. They they. Mm -hmm aren't very good on defense. The offense struggles a little bit, but they're able to generate when they need to. So I'm going to take Navy in this one and probably the most boring game uh, maybe of the year. Uh, but, yeah, Navy. I'm going to go with Air Force in this, and I think they're just going to be hungry. While, while I, I mean, they haven't played yet, and so all the data you see is on the Navy side. I think this is a game where Navy's going to, going to get behind, and when you get a team like that off schedule, it's where they really start to kind of screw up. And so I think Air Force does have the offense looking at last year, what they can do to be able to do that, keep them, keep them off schedule, make them kind of rush a little bit more and not be as comfortable as they like. And I'm going to go with Air Force. This game won't be very fun at all, but 
that, yeah, that, give me give me Air Force in this one. All right, number seven Auburn at number four Georgia. Uh, Georgia is favored by six and a half points. Go ahead and uh, let us know who you're, what you're thinking, Keith. Give me Georgia. I know they started played extremely slow against Arkansas. I think this is a case where they're still trying to figure out some things at quarterback, but I just don't have enough confidence in Auburn right now. I know they're going to be up with this game, of course, coming off of a slow, very slow start and a slow game just in general against against Kentucky. Excuse me. I think that Georgia is going to have too much offensively, and I just don't think Auburn's going to have enough. I think this game is going to start very similar to that Kentucky game for Auburn, where the first half is going to be kind of slow. But I think that Georgia's going to do what they did, just like in Arkansas, score some touchdowns later in the second half or, you know, third quarter, open with the touchdown to start the start the second half and really just kind of pull away from Auburn. I think if this would, was at Auburn, I, w- I would swing towards the Tigers, but I'm going to go with the Bulldogs in this game. I just don't have enough confidence in Auburn right now. All right, Keith, go ahead and hit that upset button. <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with Auburn in this one, man. I and and I'll explain to you why. I think that everything you said is true, right? It's going to be super hard to play in Athens, but home field has not meant near as much this season. Uh, we just saw Kansas State beat Oklahoma in Norman, so I, you know, obviously it still matters to be at home as opposed to being on the road. The thing about Georgia is we really don't know who the quarterback is. I think that that is a, you know, devastating blow to a team when they have to play someone this good without a proven guy just yet. And obviously I I don't like Bo Nix. I don't think he's very good quarterback, Uh, but he is the quarterback. We know that. And I think that, you know, of all the faith that they've given to him, we know he's not going to get the hook. That defense is really good. Both of these defenses are actually really good. So this could be a really slow, kind of boring game all in all. I like the Auburn offense a little bit better. So that's why I'm taking the Tigers to get this big win on the road. Wow. Upset. Wow. Okay. I mean, I'm not mad at it, honestly. Georgia didn't look impressive at all on the road against at all team. At all. I, I mean, looking at that game, I was like, Arkansas is going to win this game, dude. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't name right. one player or coach on the Arkansas staff. So I was like, they're going to. At home, they're going to just find a way to hang around and do something stupid, throw a throw a, a trick play in there or something. But Georgia pulled away. I mean, they just they just you give a team like Georgia too many opportunities, and they're 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 going to win, especially if you don't you just don't have the offense to 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 push them or to keep them off the field. But man, that was just that was that was a game. I was like, Arkansas is going to win this game, especially especially coming out of halftime, and that game was still close. So I was like, yeah, we're about to see an early upset. I didn't love anything I saw about Georgia, really, besides the defense being pretty good. That, that's about all that I, I, I was impressed about. Uh, but, again, they, they, they're the guy that they thought was going to be the quarterback opted out like a week before the season started. So it's, it's hard to, you know, get that play. So that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm banking off of. All right, number 18, Oklahoma at Iowa State. OU favored by seven points. Um, you know, so Oklahoma coming off a loss, I, I, you know, one that is pretty inexcusable for a number of reasons. I still think they have a really good offense. I still think that the defense could be good. Um, you know, I, they're not going to be elite, I don't think, but I think that they will be enough to give Iowa State some problems. Now, you know, Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. He's kind of regressed a little bit this season. I don't he has. I yeah. don't think he's going to be, you know, first round pick or even deserves to be. 
the defense has been pretty good, but I think Oklahoma will probably be able to scorch this defense. Um, on the road, it's going to be weird, but I'm going to take Oklahoma by 10, 10, 10 to 12 range in, in, in a pretty convincing victory. I'm going to take Oklahoma as well, but I just think based on th- – they're going to be hungry, but I want to see how hungry that defense is. We know the offense and score, but we need, we need Spencer Rattler to be smarter with his decision-making and time. not just trust his arm all the time. Trust your reads. If, if somebody isn't there, then that means if somebody's double-covered or you're throwing it to a crowd, then there's somebody who's one-on-one or potentially wide open, a back out of the backfield, a tight end, something. So When he also has really good legs. Like, he could he run does. the ball in that situation yeah, if he needed to. He can, absolutely. So there's, there's a myriad of options, and I know he wants to make the highlight play every play, but sometimes a smart play is the check down or is the, the next read. So go through your reads, be smarter. Hopefully, you know, I'm sure he's watching film and, and, and seeing, okay, this is where I could do better, this is where I could do this or that. But two one-and-one teams, I know on the road going to Iowa State is always tough, and so that's why I had a little bit Big of hesitation time. picking Oklahoma in this one. But I just think Oklahoma's going to have too much offense for Iowa State to deal with. And so I'm going to go with Oklahoma as well. An Iowa State team, I don't really – I don't fully trust. If this is Brock Purdy from last year, the, the guy that we were just like, man, this kid this kid can put it he anywhere. It. Yeah. And he could very well do it. I mean, it's the third game of the season. So he could he could really just find it. And this is a defense we can do it too, honestly. I mean, he, this, we're not talking about this an elite defense right now. So somebody who could, who could find his throws and, and hit his spots, I think this is time to do it. But – Oklahoma is going to win this game, but this is going to be, okay, defense, what, what are you going to do this game? Yeah, this is a prove-it game to me. I, I, I don't want – like, if you're – if they let up 28 to 35 points, something like that, I think you can pretty much write them off uh, for the season of being, like, a serious contender um, outside of the fact that they probably will have the best offense in football. All right, Keith, final game. Ted to the SEC, Arkansas at number 16, Mississippi State coming off their huge win against LSU, which we talked about earlier. Mississippi State is favored by 18 points. Um, I have a lot of questions about this Mississippi State defense. I mm-hmm. have very few questions about the offense. Arkansas, just not a good team, honestly. I don't think that they have the offensive weapons to make the Bulldogs pay uh, enough to where they'll be able to stay in this game because it's going to be lightning fast, right? They're going to get right out the gate. We're going to see KJ Costello slinging it all over the yard. A lot of weird play calls. You know, I don't think that Arkansas is even in the same league as Mississippi, as Mississippi state at this point. Um, And if that's the case, I'm going to take the Bulldogs to win pretty big, but I think 18 might be a little too many. Yeah, I think 18 is a bit much. I think this if this was any other team going into Starkville, it would feel like a trap game to me. But I just don't have a ton of confidence in this Arkansas team. And why right. you have a veteran in Felipe Franks, a quarterback who I actually forgot was there until I was watching that Georgia game. He just didn't look like a guy who had any kind of SEC experience, not that much SEC experience playing this game, making bad decisions, bad throws. He He threw two interceptions in that – a game against Georgia only threw for 200 yards. He had 15 incompletions. And so this is a guy who just like, have you not figured it out yet? How you, this, you played these guys before you played, you played Georgia before. There's no doubt, especially playing in the SEC East. This is a team you've seen. And so you shouldn't, why you don't have the same talent at receivers that you did at Florida, you still, you know, these guys, you know, the throws you can and can't make or the decisions to make. And so his, his progression just isn't there. 
and and overall, I just don't have any confidence in Ar- in Arkansas at all. So I'm going to go up Mississippi State as well. But 18 does seem like a lot, but offensively, I mean, we know what they can do. I think if Colin Hill gets more touches, more balanced on offense, they're going to look good, and hopefully that's the case. I mean, even some throws out of the backfield just to get him more involved in the offense. They're going to they're going to be really really scary offensively. But I'm going to go with the Bulldogs in this one. All right, buddy. Any final thoughts for us before we get out of here? Just ready to see a bunch of good games again. I think we have another full good slate, slate of fun games. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a case where bowl season week week five again. I mean, it's just all it's just going to be crazy again. Everything's going to be weird. Every again, I wouldn't bet on any of these games. I don't care if I would have if I had you know Bezos money. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on these kind of games. Bet on these games at all. But another fun weekend of game just want everybody to continue to be safe I know I'm, I'm kind of drilling this point home but this thing isn't over I want everybody to continue to be safe wear a mask do your part and distance and just just really just absolutely have fun where you can I know you know I'm not saying don't go see friends or family whatever but you know just just be safe when you do it out in public all that so have fun enjoy these games get some good snacks if you have a, I think the weather's going to be awesome so if you have some kind of outdoor setup you can watch your games and do that and get ready for another fun weekend of football Absolutely. Well, that's all I've got, buddy. I appreciate you joining me. Thank you all for listening to From the Stands, a college football podcast. We both certainly appreciate it for myself, Cole Miller, uh, and for Keith Evans. We will see you next week.